Hey, my friend, welcome to the Living a Better Story podcast. You know, sometimes we call this podcast an experience because all throughout the mass variety of amazing guests we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business growth numbers, forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. My name is Daryl Stinson, and I'm one of the content producers here. I trust that you're already living an amazing story, but whether you are or not, we are here to help you live a better one. The process is simple. No matter where you are in business or life, we are going to show you how to complete your past, tell the truth about your current reality, and empower you to live a better story. So, as you hear stories that inspire you and information that can help you, please do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast, share with others, and let us hear about the goodness that's happening in your life. All right, my friend, that's all for now. Go enjoy the episodes and get ready to swing open wide the door to unlimited opportunities. Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I'm your host of the Living a Better Story podcast. Today I'm with Rick Barnett, who is the CEO. Sorry, I take that back. He is the founder and steward of Replite. And I say that because he, like me and a lot of people, look at our jobs as we work for a different CEO. And his name happens to have three letters. (laughs) So Rick... Really a pleasure to have you on the show today. I know we talked a week and a half ago, and uh, I'm so glad to have you back. Yes, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So this is fun. I, I love to dig in, and this is a new question for the year. And that is, if you were to ask your friends and family, what are the top three words people would use to describe you? What do you think they would say when they... <laughs> I, I think it would. I think it would vary depending on who you ask. Um, obviously, but you know what? I would hope that they would say that um, that they get honesty in their interactions with me, um, in their interactions with and without no one around. Uh, I would hope that they would consider me to be a loyal person. That um, you know, I, I try to really emphasize relationships and being loyal to the people who uh, I interact with. And I think the other thing probably is, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a humorous side. So, um, it, you know, if you're not having fun, it's your own fault. So I, I try to I try to roll that into my to my livelihood. Well, then then I, I, be, I best tell you the only joke that I ever remember. I actually told this blind guy in a lobby at Chicago Hotel one time. He was like, hey, I hear you guys laughing and joking. Do you have a joke? And so I said, okay, sure. I got one. And uh, the joke goes, uh, where does a snowman put his money? In the snowbank, of course. <laughs> but I'm bummed. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the kind of humor in our family. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's rewind the tape. If we go back to younger years, um, you're living where now? I'm right outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta. And did you grow up in the Georgia area? No, I grew up in the mountains of North Carolina. Okay. Excellent. So thinking of the mountains of North Carolina, Asheville area, is that uh, nearby? Rivard, right, right. Real close. Yeah. Okay. I figured. We toured that large mansion there. That was a fun little uh, tour to do. Biltmore House, sure. That's right. Um, So thinking about 
those days, what was your passion? What was your thing when you were younger? Hands down, uh, I thought I was going to be a major league baseball pitcher from the time I can remember until it didn't happen. Interesting. Um, and what was it that you loved about pitching and baseball? So it's funny, uh, my father who passed away back in October, I was born right-handed. And in the, in the mid-60s, left-handed baseball pitchers were a real hot commodity. So my father decided to convert me. So he would take things out of my right hand, smack my right hand, and put them in my left hand. So he converted me from a right-handed person to a left-handed person in hopes that that would give me an advantage, even as a toddler, like, you know, with eating, you know, Cheerios off the high chair, uh, he converted me. Um, so all I knew growing up was that was my destiny is to, is to play major league baseball and pitch, pitch in the big leagues. The problem is, is that by the time I got to mid teenage years, the fastest ball I had was still around 80 mile an hour, uh, which was good, but, uh, I got called for a couple different teams to try out, um, a couple different major league organizations, but didn't make it on either one of them, which is probably a blessing now that I look back. Wow. That's all this rookie. <laughs> yeah. I remember getting to about 45 mile an hour pitch at the, <laughs> you know, when you go to a, a amusement park and they have one of those things, the, the clockers. So 80s about a 2x. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so thinking back to those days and the passion you had, how does that apply or does it if there's a line between then and now? Um I think Chad for me um you know and there this, this is a, this could take up a couple hours. Uh I think for me having a desire or having a goal has always been paramount to me. Uh, obviously, they've changed and they do, they're fluid, but uh, it seems to be when I focus on something, I, I'm pretty focused on. Uh, and I think that's transcended itself into business. Um, you know, when we started this, this, this company, uh, when we founded it, we, you know, we were dead set on making it successful. So same way as, you know, trying to get to the big leagues, um, we're trying to do the same thing here. So. Yeah. Love it. Um, if, if little Rick came into the room right now and knocked on the door, that Rick who had the twinkle in his eye, ready to play major league baseball and sat across the table from you and said, man, Rick, high five, love what you're doing. Is there anything he would say that would say, I wish you were doing a little bit more of this, right? Thinking from the perspective of younger Rick. So I think one of the things that I would, I think the question is, Chad, would I do anything differently? Would I, would I, would I think about things differently? Is that kind of the premise? Yeah, and th the reason yeah. I ask it this way is because when your younger self has the passion, there's no, nothing impedes you, right? It's just, yeah. I want to do it and I do it. And so is there anything where, you know, what you thought you'd be doing now is, is somehow different than what you are doing right now? I don't, I don't think my attitude toward what I'm doing is different, but obviously I'm not, I'm not pitching in the major league. <laughs> That's right. so, but I, I don't, I don't think the passion nor the, 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 the drive that I had then has changed. 
I interpreted the question a little differently. For me, the question would be, would I have done something differently from there to now? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I were, you know, if I were talking to a six-year-old Rick Barnett, you know, what would that conversation look like? And, and I think for me, I would have told myself to enjoy the smaller things more than what I did. Um, I was so focused on hitting goals that, um, you know, the old cliche, take time and smell the roses. Um, I think there's a lot of things in, for me in life that I've, I've ran past that I probably should have paused and, and enjoyed and be great and, and have understood the gratefulness that should have been for those things. And I love it. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of the Ferris Bueller's day off, right? Life is short. If you don't stop, to take a look around, you could miss it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> My wife takes a lot of pictures. So that's her version of making sure not to miss the moments uh, in iPhone land. That can be tens of thousands of pictures. Sure. Uh, okay, so we all hit a challenge in life at one point. I call it the buzzsaw of life. Are there any buzzsaw moments you're comfortable sharing on the show that made you who, who you are today? Uh, you know, it's it's probably fairly unique, Chad, because I think my buzzsaw may be a little different than most. Um, you know, as I got in business, um, my thing was you know, make more money, new title, more responsibility. You know, I just kept going for those things. And um, when I realized that that I was searching for my significance kind of in the wrong place, to be honest with you, it was pretty traumatic for me because I, I, I was focused on the things I thought would 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 satisfy my soul uh, and that I thought were significant. And what I realized, you know, only 10 or 12 years ago is that my significance has nothing to do with my salary, has nothing to do with my title. Um, And it was really a, a heart transformation, if you will, because what I learned is, is that, you know, as you know, uh, I, I'm a big faith advocate. And for me, uh, I believe that the new title and the new job and the new money was, was where my significance was, was coming from. But in reality, um, we're not here to be good. We're not placed on this earth to be good. We're here to be valuable. And I wasn't being valuable. Uh, I was being good for the Lord. And so... That was a real eye-opening shock slash redirect in my life. So I don't know if that's considered a buzzsaw or traumatic, but for me, for me personally, it was a huge buzzsaw. It was everything that I thought was where I should go maybe wasn't where I should be going. What I love about that story, though, is that it's not – 99 out of 100 people on this show have experienced a hard time physically, mentally, emotionally, and then, and then they see the light and they, and, and they change their ways. Um, what I try to articulate to folks is how can we learn from the 99 so that we don't have to 
be in a prison cell or, you know, don't have to experience like the rock bottom to make the choice to go down the other path. And it sounds like you something. Is there a cause and effect in there? Was there some was it an age or what was, what was the cause and effect of that? No, it was it was funny. Uh, so we're obviously involved in our local church and we had planted a new campus and uh, we had me and my wife had, had contributed to the, the new campus and our pastor had actually came over uh, and he had, it was really nice. He brought us this really nice wooden bowl made out of some of the wood that they had taken down from the property to, to construct this new campus. And as we were there, uh, my wife uh, looked at the pastor and said, um, can we have, can we have a conversation? And he's like, of course. And he go, and my wife says, I think Rick needs some help. Uh, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was kind of an intervention. Uh, and, and so she started saying, you know, he, 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 you know, he moves from company to company and, and I know what he's doing. And, and so it was, it was a tremendous blessing that that pastor said, Hey, here's a Christian counselor that you may want to talk with. And so of course, um, uh, you know, swallowing your pride as a man and a, and a leader of the household, uh, I go. And for the next two years, I go on this journey with this counselor. And it was, Chad, it was, it was a complete life change for me. Hmm. Just having someone say to me, good is not where you're destined to be. You're destined to be valuable. And you're, you're, you, you know, if, if your significance is in a job or money, it's always going to crash. You, you, you just can't put all those, those eggs in that basket. Yeah. And so it, it radically changed my thinking. It changed the way that I would run a company. It changed, it changed everything. It changed my family. It was a generational change for us. Wow. I love that. Um, so two years of counseling, is that once a week, once a month? What does that look like for anybody <laughs> listening today? Well, I, uh, I dove in pretty heavy. It was, uh, it was a couple days a week, uh, for the first year. And, uh, now it's probably once a quarter. So it's, it's feathered out in time, but you know, I think that, um, this, this world and all that we, all the outside influence that we, that we get, I think having someone who's honest and caring and, and faith-based to, to not speak at us, but to speak in us is is really viable it has been for me and uh you know i will tell you that that this this counselor you know he was an old chicken farmer that decided to go back and and, and go to counseling school and uh he he radically changed he radically changed my life and my family's life so you know i'll, I'll see a counselor periodically for the rest of my life yeah that's great i mean it's maintenance for, you know, your, whether it's your body or your mind, it's just important. We get it's, oil changes it, for it's body. your body, it's your marriage, it's your faith. I mean, all of that needs caring, right? Um, so, yeah, that's right. Love it. Uh, tell me about a time when God undeniably showed up. Some people share about how they heard him. One, one woman said he yelled at her and she, she was on the couch and she heard a voice very loudly. Uh, others say different ways, but how has God intervened for you or where did he undeniably show up? 
So I tell people I'm kind of like Moses. I was, I was wandering around the desert for like 40 years, right? Because I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I, I was trying to, you know, again, go back to my story. I was trying to get the positions. And, and I think what God undeniably showed me is if, if I'll put my faith in, in, his, in his word and him, that there are freedoms and there are there are uh, there are things that you can experience that are so radically different than what the world tells you is out there. Um, so for me, I think being able to have a company that I get to be a part of that is a ministry, there's no doubt God is put me here and it's it's quite remarkable to be honest with you I mean I don't know why he chose me because I, I think he could have found a lot of people that were probably better suited but he, he chose me and uh, I'm, I'm grateful for it so I, th- that's an undem for me I know God has me here running this business yeah amazing wow so similar question yet slight different and that is around faith um how would you define faith? Um, I think it's the only solid ground that you can find. So no matter what it pertains to, I think for me, faith is my only solid ground. Everything else can shift and shake and rattle and topple, but the, the, the aspect of faith and believing in something I can't feel, touch, or see um, is it, it's a bedrock. It's it's a foundation. Yeah. The, there was a YouTube video recently where a guy runs and jumps into this mud and he just buries him. <laughs> I think of that visual of the sink, you know, all other ground is sinking sand and it's like, it, it just, it really is if you don't yeah. have the bedrock and you can try to fill the void in different ways, but. Well, we all do. Yeah. We all do. We all try to fill it in different ways. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like my counselor told me years ago, you know, you can, tr- people will try to fill, fill your, your, your life full of significance with other things and, 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 you know, your day to day. But at the end of the day, your significance comes from one place. And it's, I mean, it's written, we've read it all our lives, you know, in the Bible, but we, you, you just, you, you know, it's hard to practice it. But uh, for me, uh, me and my family, everything starts with faith. Yeah. Now you bring faith into work. And <laughs> from our last conversation, I think a lot of executives are nervous about that. What can I legally do? What am I, what, what should I do ethically and morally? What's right to do? Tell us a little bit about your philosophy on that and then the execution of it, right? How do you, I, I know when people sign up for your company, you have something that they sign off on, right? Tell us more about that. So, um, look, here's what I will tell you. Uh, my, my belief is my belief. I am in no position to push my belief on anyone else. However, 
in this company, uh, I let people know that we're faith-based. Uh, I let them know that I'm a steward of the business. Um, and there's not a person who touches this company, either client or employee-based, that's not prayed for um, almost daily, if not multiple times a week. The From a from an outward perspective, um, we, all of our employees sign a religious rights letter that says that they don't have to believe what we believe, uh, but just understand that this is the premise of our company. And we've never had a pushback. Uh, people sign it because it's basically releasing them from believing what we believe. But it's a protection for us because it allows us to not hide our faith or, um, you know, be, uh, you know, ashamed of it. It's, it's who we are. It's what we are. And again, it, we, we have, I'm sure we have employees that are not believers. That's fine. It's, it's, it, that's their prerogative. It's their choice. But for us, we're, we're believers and we're going to run this company according to the, the ways that, that I believe that, God has intended for us to do business. Yep. Excellent. And so as a result of praying for people daily, weekly, and showing your faith outwardly in the company, what have you seen as a, as a positive benefit of, of living to that standard? You know, the biggest thing, Chad, is I get a lot of questions. And the questions are probably the best thing in the world. Um, because people want to know, they want to know what, what it is, like why, how, what. And, uh, if they ask, I have the opportunity to tell them, um, some people may call that ministering. <laughs> I call that a conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's really cool. I'll, I'll give you a brief example. So I, I had a team, uh, that we were doing a training out in San Francisco and we were staying in a, in a courtyard. This is a really funny story. And every morning before we went into training, we'd gather in the lobby of the hotel and uh, I would pray over us. I would just pray for the day, right? And about the fourth day, the manager, um, as we're leaving, the manager of the hotel comes and taps me on the shoulder. And she goes, can I ask you, are you praying in our lobby? And I said, well, we are. And she goes, I have been here 15 years. I've never seen anyone do that. Thank you. I was like, come in with us tomorrow and pray with us. And so it was just, you know, Fun, fun to see someone who, who appreciated it and understood it. I love that. You know, we're, we, we just ordered 24 You Matter hoodies that we plan to go give out in Denver in a couple weeks. They're going to come in before my event here in Colorado. And we're still working on when we hand it over, what's the call to action for them? Because what happens is people, I've worn my You Matter hoodie out a lot and in different states and people love it. They just come up to you and they're like, oh, I love your hoodie. And so getting that prayer to happen, imagine flipping the script where the homeless person on the corner with their hoodie on and their You Matter socks that we're giving them as well could start to pray for people at scale on corners. They become the hands and the feet and the mouth the mouthpiece. Hey, do you mind if I pray for you real quick? Imagine a homeless person saying that to you instead of asking you for what <laughs> yeah. Talking about adding value, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say, sure, go ahead. Can I pray for you? 
So it, it should be very interesting. Um, what a great conversation. If tell us a little bit about your company, if someone's listening today and you know, I, I believe there's some people who may be in need of, of work right now. How, how do you help people? What, what, tell us a little bit about your company. Yeah. So we're a contract sales and service company. We primarily work in the medical uh, space. Uh, what will happen is a company will come to us and say, we need 15 sales associates in these 15 geographies. Um, based on their criteria, we go out, we find them, uh, we put them through our process. We actually hire them. So we're their employer of record and we put them on a contractual basis with our client. Uh, anytime after 12 to 18 months, our client can actually take that employee from us and make them direct. So it's a real good uh, way for companies to scale their teams while reducing their risk of doing so. So we kind of take the risk being the employer of record. Uh, so that's in a nutshell what we do. We do it for pharma, medical device, uh, physician practice, you name it. Uh, it's all mostly in the medical space. Um, on the flip side of that, um, we help uh, folks who are making a, a career change uh, we help those folks get into really good companies and have an opportunity to go and, and really be successful and thrive in, in a new career. So um, it's it's a unique thing. We're not a recruiter. We're not a staffing agency. We're kind of in the middle of that. Uh, so it's a, it's a niche, but we uh, we love our niche. Yeah, I love the 12-month concept. I, I'm just getting hired to do something similar for sales and technology, and it's 10 up to 40 people. And we're planning to do the same thing, but we really hadn't set a gate on the back end yet. So I, I think the 12 months is kind of a, a reasonable expectation in this kind of area. So that's great. Well, perfect. It's um, really fabulous. Again, sharing your story. Thank you. Um, you know, I knew you were unique when I met you and, and now you're one of 99. It's probably one of 500 because the path, the way you found the pathway was was not a traumatic event. It was more of an intervention <laughs> from your <laughs> wife. And I love that. Uh, I, I'm doing the same with my wife uh, right now. So it's really, I'm, I'm just about to embark on the journey you're talking about, I think. So looking forward to that. All right. Well, if people want to get a hold of you, Rick, what would be the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, so they can call us. Uh, the number is 404-721-0609. Again, it's 404-721-0609. You can also reach us at info, I-N-F-O, at rep, R-E-P hyphen L-I-T-E dot com. Um, we try to respond within 24 hours. So if someone has a need or, or doesn't even have a need, just wants to reach out, uh, please do. We're happy to, we're happy to help uh, any way we can. Before we hang up here, is there a Bible verse that you love? One that uh, I'm not a very good memorizer, but I, I, I assume you probably have one. No, I mean, there, there's a lot. I mean, I, I would tell you that uh, for me, uh, crazy story, but Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, you know, it's for grace that we're saved, not by your own works. Um, that I, I actually found this because I'm such a terrible golfer. I was in the woods looking for my ball and I found a golf ball years and years ago. And it had that verse on it. And it, what's funny, Chad, is it has become so relevant in my life. That Finding that ball with that verse, it is by, for, by grace that you are saved, not by my works. And that's, 
true. Hundred percent. I'm glad I asked that question. I just met with my business coach this morning. My two word purpose from unpurpose.me is embracing grace. And he was challenging me on it. And he was like, well, you know, are you sure that's it? And then he, he helped me make a few tweaks and he goes, now I want you to sleep on it, pray on it and make sure that the tweaks that I made weren't my tweaks that they're yours. And so of course you finding the golf ball in the woods with grace, it really feels like a very, very important bedrock of my life. So thank you for sharing with our listeners today. I really appreciate being on the show. Chad, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. All right, everybody. We'll catch you on the next Living Better Story podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of Living a Better Story. We hope that today's show has inspired you to cultivate a better understanding of yourself so you can discover your God-given purpose and start living a better story. For the show notes, visit livingabetterstory.org forward slash podcast, where you can also find other helpful resources. Connect with us and join us again next time for another purposeful show.